0: Today, on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida.
1: This is pretty much a perfect place, not perfect totally, but he requires every person to serve him. You will be forced to serve Jesus Christ. You can't rebel against him, Satan is in the bottomless pit. You'll be forced. And what we see is pretty similar to some things we see today. Children will be raised and their parents will have thought they're serving God. But in their heart, they're going, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to rebel.
0: If you've ever witnessed someone reject the truth of Jesus time and time again, you probably chalk it up to them not thinking they need Jesus. Everything in their life is going all right. So what's going to convince them? As Pastor Mark will explain today, during the millennial reign of Christ, there will be peace and prosperity. The world will be a safe place. People will be serving the Lord. But when that reign ends and the enemy is allowed into the world once again, people will still rebel against God. For many, the flesh will still prove to be more alluring, even after experiencing the world with Jesus. Consider your choice and with whom your heart truly lies. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verse 31, for our continuing study entitled, God's Timetable for the Future, Part 2.
1: What Jesus says is this. You can count on every word that I'm telling you. In other words, you you might think that the signs are there and it's not going to happen. You can count on every... For those of you this morning think this is Star Wars, wake up. This is not Star Wars. This is the Word of God. And when all of the rest of these things fall aside, when everything is destroyed, when the God's Word comes true, there's going to be two things that outlast that. Two things that are left. One is you and me as people, if we're Christians. And second is the word of God. You can base your life on it. Now, notice Jesus says something very interesting there. He kind of shocks Eiple's. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. Now, they were shocked when Jesus said the temple was going to be destroyed. Can you imagine for the very first time, and actually some of you are here this morning, you're not Christians, this is shocking to you. What do you mean? The earth that we live on, and the he- they're going to what? Pass away. Give me a break. This is Star Wars stuff, isn't it? No, it isn't. What happens is Jesus goes from the church age, where he is with the disciples, or just actually before the cross, really before the church, age, and he fa- you know how you fast forward on your uh, VCR, right? Here he fast forwards all the way to the, really the end of time. Heavens and earth are going to pass away, but his words are never going to pass away. Now, when he fast forwards and he goes right past something called the millennium that we're talking about, let's give you an idea what the millennium is. I'm going to start something that I know most of you could quote. Let me hear you finish it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed... Thy what? No, that's cool. That's all I want. You said that all your life. And what were you saying? What you were saying is the purpose for the millennium. Thy kingdom... At the start of the millennium, Jesus Christ is physically coming to this earth. He is going to rule and reign righteously. He is going to take authority of this world, and he is going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when he comes, he's going to establish his righteous leadership, unlike all the wonderful politicians we have today. We're going to finally get a clean, honest guy, God. And he's going to rule perfectly. Now, what happens, What? just before this happens, as he's establishing this with the second coming, what happens? Here's what happens. During that battle of Armageddon, Satan and the enemies of the world are totally destroyed. The Antichrist, which is the opposite of Jesus, The false prophet, which is the opposite of the Holy Spirit, they're thrown into the lake of fire. Satan himself is bound for 1,000 years in something called the bottomless pit. And then Jesus establishes his earth with his laws. will as Christians, and by the way, we came back with him in heaven, so we're going to be here on this earth. We're going to be here and, as I told you, we're going to be kings and priests and we're going to have areas we're not sure what all these areas are. We're going to be ruling and reigning in all these areas. As we do this, when this happens, I've already got Maui. You might have Mims, but I'm going to Maui. It's already taken, got my reservation there. Mayor of Maui, doesn't that sound good? Does that sound good, Mayor Mims? I don't think so. But anyway, we're going to be there. What's it going to be like? Let me just give you a flavor of what it's going to be like. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. This is what it's going to be like. Then will the lame leap and like a deer, the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in streams in the desert. The wolf will lie with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed, not the bear, on the cow, feed together. The young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. Here's a great one. No daycare needed. Isn't that great? Listen to this. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand in the viper's nest. No bite, no danger. The world will not be perfect, but it will be paradise-like. It'll be wonderful. It'll be awesome. We'll be in harmony. We'll be in peace. If you're a security man in those days, you lost your business. There's not going to be any crime. You will be forced to serve God, and it will just be a wonderful paradise as we go through there. There's no need for hospitals. Nursing, whatever, pharmacists my old days, all it's just going to be a wonderful, perfect time. People will live for a long, long period of time during this time. Now, during this thousand period of time, let's go back to this time again. Second coming, during the millennium, the start of the millennium, we have, first of all, you and I have come back with Jesus, and what kind of bodies do we have again? We have glorified bodies. So we're on this earth with our heavenly bodies, whatever that means. Heavenly, it's wonderful. Now, who joins us? Well, who joins us on the earth is all those people, see the tribulation? All those people that became Christians during the tribulation period. We know the 144,000 Jews, we know a lot of Jews at the end, we know a lot of Gentiles did all those people come into the millennium and they come over into their with their natural bodies. Come over with their human bodies. So we have Christians from heaven who were raptured and gone before that come with what kind of body? Glorified. And then we have other Christians who were saved out of the tribulation and they're going to be in, a, in what kind of body? Their natural body. What kind of a natural body is it spiritually? It's a sinful body. It's a body that still has a sin nature in it. Now, they're saved, and they come over. We know a number of things will happen. One, life will be lengthened. If you take a husband and a wife, and you take them in natural bodies, what could happen over a thousand years? During a thousand years, we're going to have what? Babies. Now, the only good job during those years would be maybe an OB person, because figure this, you're going to live a long time Ladies, menopause might not come to the year 2007 or what? I don't know how long it's going to be for you. And you're going to have lots of kids during that time. So we're going to have kids, for a thousand years, we're going to have kids populating this whole earth. Now, what about you and I that have spiritual bodies? We don't know, but it's going to be good, isn't it? It's going to be good. God promises. We don't know what it's going to be like. So there can't be any jealousy in heaven, so it's going to be good. Now, as that happens, notice what takes place. During a thousand years, these children are born. What kind of nature will these children have? Have a sin nature. You see, the sin nature is always passed on by two sinful parents. So every child that's born, as every child is born here today, into the world has a sin nature. And they must then make a choice to serve Jesus Christ or to reject Jesus Christ. So to allow them to make that choice... Look what Jesus does. Let's turn to the book of Revelation again, if you're there. Chapter 20, verse 7. If you have children in those days, they will have an opportunity to serve God out of a relationship of love and obedience or to rebel and be separated from God trying to do their own things. God is looking to show what happens. He's going to give this a valid choice. Revelation 20, verse 7. Now, when the thousand years are over... Satan will be released from his prison. And he will go out to eat the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. So at the end of the millennium, at the end of the thousand years, at a thousand years of paradise, God allows Satan to be released for a little period of time. Convinced he can still defeat God. Satan will go to the four corners of this earth and deceive people to join him in their final battle. Who in their right mind would choose after a thousand years of paradise when everything is going wonderful, when you have God as a perfect ruler? When kids can play wherever with animals, who, who in their right mind would choose to rebel against God? I mean, how, how few would it be? It's got to be, out of a thousand years, you'd think a few people that just aren't in their right mind. Well, how many? Look back in verse 8. Look at the end of it. It says, a number, they are what? Like the what? Like the what? Ever go to the beach? Is there much sand at the beach? So this shows us three things. See, during the thousand years that Jesus is reigning, this is pretty much a perfect place. Not perfect totally. But he requires every person to serve him. You will be forced to serve Jesus Christ. You can't rebel against him. Satan is in the bottomless pit. You'll be forced. And what we see is pretty similar to some things we see today. Children will be raised, and their parents will have thought they're serving God. But in their heart, they're going, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to rebel. Secretly, they're saying this. They're closet Christians that aren't even really Christians. So Satan is released. He goes, and he has no trouble finding thousands and millions of people who say, yeah, we're behind you. We want to rebel against this God. What does that show us? It shows us three things. Number one, it's the deceitfulness of Satan. You see, even as you think about it this morning, you and I look at it and go, that's impossible. Who in their right mind? That's the problem. They're not in their right mind. They've been deceived by Satan. Secondly, it shows us the power of our sin nature. You say, well, I didn't know my sin nature was that powerful. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. I can't even know it. Can you imagine serving God for a thousand years in paradise and then rejecting him and going your own way? That's what they're going to do. And thirdly, maybe you've heard this. People say, you know, this world is getting better. How many of you believe that? It's not getting better. It's getting progressively worse. But when we have a perfect paradise, you'll hear psychologists say today, nothing wrong with man. It's the environment that the boy, the child is brought up in. Nothing wrong with man inherently in itself. What does this prove? It proves that in a perfect environment, man is still sinful. So man's going to have to go, whoops, it is me. It's me. It's not my environment. You had a horrible upbringing. We're not proud of that. But God can take you from that upbringing and change your life totally. Don't believe that baloney. That's psychologists. So what you're going to see there is exactly happening. Look at verse Nine. Then they marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people. The city he loved, but fire came down and devoured them. So there was no problem there. God just totally destroyed them as they came around Jerusalem. Verse 10, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. And they will be tormented, tormented, day and night for three years. See, you will hear people say today, hell isn't forever. Well, all I know is that Jesus told me this morning, heaven and earth will pass away, but his words won't. So what's it say? How long is forever and ever? You got it. It's forever and ever. This is a sobering thought. This is an unbelievably sobering thought. They will be tormented forever and ever in the lake of fire, ending the opposing kingdoms once and for all, Jesus Christ will be crowned Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Turn to Revelation chapter 20, and we'll finish this morning. What about the unbelievers? What about the people who died before the tribulation time? What about your relatives and friends who died that weren't Christians? We've seen what happened to the the false prophet, the Antichrist, and Satan. They're thrown into the lake of fire. What happens to those unbelievers? Where are they? Just this week I went down to to vote with my wife and we went to the voters' place and the lady says, well, your name isn't on the list. And I said, well, I know that because here's my voters' card. I was up in Merritt Island. We'd moved in the last two years and voted. So she just called up and to Merritt Island, got the name and she wrote my name in the list and I was on there. What you're going to find happening here is something very important. Every unbeliever will end up at one place. It's called the Great White Throne judgment. And every unbeliever, every person that has not accepted Jesus Christ will end there. And let me just caution you a couple things. If you end up there, it's too late to do anything about it. It's over. It's done. It's finished. This is actually a judgment about works. For Christians, we also are going to be judged, not for our salvation, but for our works. In hell, there will be differences of punishment. You wouldn't want to go to the lake of fire, separated from God, all kinds of pain. You just wouldn't want to go there, no matter what the punishment is in the relative amount of that. So here's what happens. Let's look at verse 11, Revelation 20. Then I saw a great throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in those books. And the sea gave up the dead were in it. And death in Hades, and Hades is the place which is a temporary... Every unbeliever goes to Hades now. It's a temporary holding tank, if you will, until the lake of fire. Gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death in Hades themselves were thrown into the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is the second death, which means spiritual death, which means separated from God forever. So the next event at the end of the millennium, called the Great White Throne Judgment, this is where every unbeliever from all times stands before God. Now notice, God opens a number of books. We don't really know what all those books are. I will talk about one of the books that I do know about. But one of the books that may be open is this. It may open a book, and again, this is only my thought or some other people's thoughts. In there may be a list with your name, John Smith, Jill Jones. And it will have a date of every time you heard the gospel presented. The place, the time, and your rejection. Can you imagine giving that sheet to somebody and for all eternity you have this list and you think of all the times that you heard the gospel, Billy Graham crusade, television, radio, church, wherever you, and every time you rejected it. Would that be hell enough to know all the opportunities? But there is one book that we know is going to be there. It's called The Book of Life. You see, when you accept Jesus Christ, God writes your name. In the book of life. And that means that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior in its heir. And on that day, let's look down at verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he, she was thrown into the lake of fire. There's really no way for anybody to describe how horrible this is going to be. I, I don't have a clue. But if you're a Christian this morning, and as I drove through the subdivision on the way here for first service, I saw the guys worsen their cars and walking and whatever. They don't have a clue. And unless somehow we can get to them, somehow I can do that, they're going to end up here. Your relatives, your friends are going to end up here. And they're going to stand before God, and God's going to open his book. And there's not going to be their name there. And they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire forever. I mean, thats that should cause us to be on our knees for our loved ones. This isn't funny things we're talking about here. This is forever. There's nothing else. That's it. That's the end. Totally separated. Now, on the other hand, all of us that have loved ones that accept Jesus Christ, we're going to be together. Wow. it's awesome. You see... People are going to, in this life, are confused about their name, their signature. They're going to be silent before Him. Some people are going to try to stay and say, Well, my name is on the checkbook. Every week I gave to the church. That's good. That doesn't get you to heaven. Other people are going to say, Well, if you go to my home, on my wall, there's a there's a plaque that says, My bomber was a, was a good moral person for the Rotary Club. Being a good moral person is wonderful. But your name on that doesn't do any good. Some of you are going to say, I know this will work. When I was a baby, my parents took me to a church and I was baptized. And I got the baptismal certificate. Here's my name. You going to try to hand that to Jesus? I don't think so. And some of you are going to be very confused because you come to your church and you're going to give Jesus something that says this. Mark Balmer is a member of Calvary Chapel of Melbourne. Now, there's two problems with that. Number one, we don't have membership. And that's one reason we don't. But number two, I'm not against membership. That's fine. But membership in a church, it isn't like a carbon copy. When you write it in the church, it writes it in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only one way you get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's by accepting Jesus Christ yourself personally. While you are alive. Some of you have been taught That if you miss it here, your relatives can sign for you later with indulgences. That's not true. There is no holding tank where you can transfer out of. There is no, let me say it a little more plain, there is no purgatory. When you die, you determine your eternal destiny. Let me just ask you a simple question this morning. I can't write your name in. I can't write for my son, my daughter, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, grandkids. They must make the choice themselves, individually. Let me just say it simply like this. If this was the book of life that God has, is your name in it? It's not a very hard question. It's either yes or no. If it's maybe, you don't want to go there. There isn't one person in this building this morning that's here by accident. Not one. And you have a great privilege this morning, the same privilege all the people have during the seven years of tribulation, deciding for or against Jesus Christ. See, it's your choice. If you're a Christian this morning, the prayer sheet, the prayer force, you need to have names of loved ones and friends on that sheet that's personal to you. We need to be serious about praying for our loved ones. What I'm talking about this morning is going to happen. But you have a choice this morning.
0: After the millennium, Pastor Mark described what would be the final battle between God and Satan. The enemy would once again deceive many. Even after 1,000 years of a peaceful, prosperous existence, multitudes of people choose rebellion, and they'll meet their end. As we just heard, the great judgment will be the final one, and if a person is not given their life to Jesus by then, they will not have another chance. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m., and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark, we'll talk about a place to rest, to be filled, God's bed and breakfast. Jesus will give a parable about preparation as he's preparing his disciples for his imminent departure. The role of the disciples is to be servants, and it's the same for us today. Pastor Mark will encourage and guide us through what scripture says about being a true and faithful servant. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.